This podcast is brought to you by Eversage Law Practice. Welcome to today's episode of The Weekly Nugget. I'm your host, Ibi Sekibo, and we're still on Tech Month. Our show today is going to explore the brave new world of crypto. But before we get into it, let's start with some facts. How much do you know about Nigeria's digital currency, eNaira? eNaira is a central bank digital currency, and while groundbreaking for Nigeria, it is not the first of its kind worldwide. Countries like China, South Korea, and Sweden have also made serious advancements in exploring the use of CBDCs, and at least five countries have launched their CBDCs. So how do CBDCs actually work? CBDCs are basically a representation of fiat money in virtual form. Fiat money is paper money that we use every day. They are issued and backed by the country's central banking authority and can either be wholesale CBDCs, which operate much like existing interbank transfers, or retail CBDCs, which are direct to customers and operate either through cashback access or account-based access, similar to traditional bank accounts. CBDCs are not cryptocurrencies due to their decentralized nature, and our guest today will attempt to give us a crash course on the concept of cryptocurrencies and how it compares to the eNaira and other CBDCs. Today's guest is Teju Adeyinka, the head of growth at Sendcash. Sendcash is an online and app-based platform that enables fund transfers globally using cryptocurrency. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Talk about I'm really crypto. Excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on here because um, we know nothing about crypto on our end. And it was, I think it, because we're in tech month, it was just a no brainer for us to have someone come on and kind of give us a little bit of understanding about crypto because it's clearly moving into the Nigerian market. And there's so many like buzzwords <laughs> that are coming out that Nigerians are saying, and a lot of people are still left in the dark. So it'll be nice to kind of hear from the perspective of someone that works in, within that space. So um, to start us off, can you please tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Tell us about your journey within the space and your role in Sendcash. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm currently the head of growth at Sendcash. Um, Sendcash is a product by Helicaria and um, Helicaria is um, a cryptocurrency company in Nigeria. We basically um, create products or like tools to help people get onboarded to crypto in the African markets, basically to help people be financially included um, using crypto. And Sendcash in particular is a remittance product that's um, works with crypto and how it typically works is anybody from anywhere in the world can send money to anybody in Nigeria using Bitcoin at the moment but over time more cryptocurrencies um, and I started the role as head of growth um, sometime last year before that I used to work as the product manager for all of Helicaria's products. So for the most part, I've been working in crypto for about um, three years now. Um, and in, because the market is, I guess, fairly early, it seems like I'm, I know a bit more about the space, but then it's just because of how young um, and how early things are. Um, but yeah, outside of work, I do some writing, like content creation um, with mm-hmm. crypto. I try to do some like data analysis as well. Um, yeah. And I basically, as I learn about the space, because it's changing every day, I try to share like some of the knowledge I've gained as well. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's like how I would, I guess, describe what I currently do. Yeah. So do you feel like it's been easy or difficult for you to kind of, tune your mind away from the traditional way of you know finance and traditional way of investments and the traditional way of people you know how people deal with their money to this new very online based very i want to say volatile but like i don't want to say volatile at the yeah. same time because i know everyone says volatile, volatile is fair <laughs> volatile is fair okay good yeah at yeah. the moment right what's going on right now with the uh, bitcoin crashing i think i think is it all yeah. crypto or just bitcoin oh all of all of crypto at the moment everybody <laughs> a friend of mine called me this like yesterday morning and just went right so everything has crashed go and buy now and i'm like why would i do that why why <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah people think very oddly about all of these things um but yeah it has been I think fairly easy for me because I work in crypto. So like every day I actually 
like interface with it. I see people use it for like real use cases. Like with the product I deal with, it's remittance. Um, sometimes like people using it for commerce. Sometimes like people using it to pay people right. um, across the world. Sometimes like people using it to hedge um against inflation. I mean, at the moment, it's it's not really a good hedge because the market is going up and down. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. So at the beginning, I wasn't very interested in crypto. But then like my coworkers used to talk about it and. You know, it was just like you're in the industry and you're sort of like working in the space. You get interested. And at first for me, what like I think was um, what pulled me into it was the idea of like self-sovereign money. And that was with Bitcoin. And it was just like this idea of owning my own money, having full ownership over my own money, whether it's or wherever I want to send it to, I can send it to. It's not really like dependent on what a government is doing. The idea of self-sovereignty in money, I think, was like what pulled me into crypto. And then over time, I started learning about Ethereum and all of these things. So it's it, it has been like a very gradual process for me. So it has been fairly easy. I also have like a lot of people around me who are also interested in this space. So you have like, I have people to talk to about it and like when things don't make sense i'm like oh yeah let me know like this doesn't make any sense to me right, and i right. have people who sort of like explain there are things that i still don't think make sense or like might not be good use cases and things like that but yeah it, it has been like fairly fairly easy yeah so you just mentioned that it's sovereign in the sense that you have more control over your money and i kind of understand it but for those listening who might not quite get it can you explain that a bit further um, yeah, sure. So with um, self-sovereignty, like the problem that crypto tries to solve fundamentally with something like Bitcoin, at least, is being able to do peer-to-peer transactions between people who don't like without a central party that they trust. Um, right. So at the moment today, if I want to send you money, if I have a hundred thousand naira in my account and you, I, I want to send you money, um, we need a bank or somebody at least that we both trust, um, and today what we use is a bank, someone that we both trust to say, oh, let's take um, 50,000 or 800,000 out of Teju's account and send it to um, Ibiforo. And the bank does two things. So the bank first checks, so does Teju have enough money or is Teju lying? Um, and so the bank is like, oh, Teju has 100K. And then the bank sends it to Ibiforo. And because we both trust the bank, we don't really stress too much about it. So if I say I sent you 100K, um, you just wait for your bank to confirm. And once your bank does, you're cool. And that's how money works today. But then, mm-hmm. I mean, it works like within borders. So it's like the, the US has like the banking system. Nigeria has its banking system. All of these different countries have their own banking systems. And that's how like finance basically works. Um, But the point of cryptocurrencies or like these, yeah, cryptocurrencies is Ibiforo and Tedri being able to do transactions with each other without mm-hmm. needing a party like a bank so um i mean that's where like the blockchain comes in when you have like this thing that's like a ledger um that everybody has access to the nice. ledger um has um the ledger knows exactly how much Tedju has um and so when Tedju says i'm sending 50k to ibiforo um like over this ledger the ledger is the one that says oh yeah Tedju does have the 50k and then when it gets to ibiforo it's like oh i've now sent that balance to ibiforo so that's like at the core of it it's essentially removing the need for like centralized institutions especially around like money the centralized institutions we currently use for trust around money removing it and what that ends up doing is now it doesn't necessarily have to be a government that's in between you don't have to have the u.s banking system and the nigerian banking system i can send money to somebody who is in china who i've never met before who i don't trust who i don't know um and we can both trust this ledger that is transparent and we can both see and the ledger can say, oh, Tedju does have this money. And when she sends it to um, John in China, John receives the money. But like at the very core of like crypto, that is like what the problem, or that's, that's what crypto tries to solve. Yeah, trust between like parties who are like making transactions. Um, I hope that's like clear. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was, like that, was pretty, that was pretty, that was pretty clear. I mean, I feel like because my brain still works in fiat I don't, and it still yeah. works with the banking system. The only thing that kept coming to my mind was this ledger is basically a centralized system. Is it not? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's actually like a very um, good question. So it's not a centralized system because of, um, I guess like, how it works. Um, so how it works is you, you have computers all around the world. I mean, at least at the beginning, like you have computers all around the world and people basically verify the transaction. So you have these computers 
around the world that don't necessarily know each other or don't need to trust each other they are very fine the transactions like that's the decentralized layer of it or that's the decentralized core of it these computers that essentially do. is it freestanding computers not operated by yes yeah any exactly. humans? yeah freestanding yeah sort of like freestanding computers they're just like all over the place um, mm. And like anybody can sort of join the network to try to do it, to try to like verify the transaction. Anybody like from anywhere in the world. The selling point of crypto is that there is like it's not the ledger is not centralized. Um, so it's not there's no one Bitcoin company that um is verifying these transactions. The way you say like PayPal or a bank or Cash App would. Um, it is actually a decentralized network of computers um around the world, and like anybody can participate in that network. So it's not oh there's like this fixed group of people who can verify the transactions or this fixed group of people who can join the network to verify that transactions are happening and like yeah it's, it's not it doesn't really work like that so you just have everybody around the world who has like a computer that is connected to the bitcoin network and that i mean there's like a lot of like math and computer science yeah um, clearly it sounds it like there's a yeah. lot missing <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so how it works. But like yeah. essentially what's happening is all of these decentralized computers around the world are verifying transactions and anybody can connect to the network to join in the verification of those transactions. Yeah, and that's that's like pretty much how it is. So when people say stuff like, oh, it's not one central entity, it's like for anything to change, for instance, for, yeah, for the network to say yes money has been sent from Teju to Ibifuro the entire network has to agree like not one person or like there are no two people or three people who can say oh let's stop it or let's flag the transaction or anything like that like right. the entire network has to agree that this is the current state Teju has this money and she has now sent the money to Ibifuro um, and that is like the decentralized layer of it and it's like oh the more people join the network and the more people they are who have these kinds of computers to verify these transactions, the stronger and like more resilient the network is. Um, yeah, I, I hope that's like, <laughs> I hope that is a little clearer on like yeah, it, it centralization. Is clearer, and it's clearer, definitely. And I don't want to go into the issues surrounding cybersecurity, but you know, I just keep thinking like if there is touch wood never to happen, a massive, yeah. you know, world ending airstrike, um that blows up all these freestanding computers would that not then isn't that like a mass i mean it would also affect banks i guess in this, this i mean situation. yeah i mean exactly <laughs> yeah so it would yeah, well, if, if it was if it was specifically right. targeted at these computers they're freestanding right so there's no mm -hmm. human being that's dealing with them that's operating it um that can influence whatever's supposed to happen so mm -hmm. if all of these computers no longer work by some miraculous disaster, then that means that it's not as secure. So isn't that something that has given people pause that, look, this might not be safe or my money isn't safe? Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So why, I mean, like, I think I would like take it back to what you said at first. If it was like a situation, like an airstrike, I guess like banks also go under in that, in that um, scenario. <laughs> but if it's um, something like that's software related, um, the general sense of like, at least what people try to do with like all of these things is like they use different kinds of software so that you don't have um, like one point of failure. Right. Um, with okay. yeah yeah we see it um but it's it's such that the computers are distributed like i mean i i'm not even sure i'm not sure actually there are people who do like bitcoin mining in nigeria like mining is a stage in um the verification of transactions i'm not sure if there are people who do but then if they are it's like there are just people all over the world and it's the network is sort of built such that it's difficult to, I, I guess, take everybody down at the same time. The point is generally that um, there are enough at any given point such that if you're able to take down a certain like subset of them, you still have um, like a critical mass that can continue the network even when those ones go down. Um, and something that people are trying to solve um, at the moment in with like, um, crypto in general, for instance, with like the Ethereum network and things like that, is making it such that it's easier to run like these the software for these blockchains on simpler computers, such that more people can have it. Such that on my own laptop, I'm also like sort of like verifying transactions. Like I don't have to be pressing anything, but my laptop can be verifying transactions. And so all of this can happen remotely and what's the word independently of 
you like your computer can just be doing yes. this without seeking consent and permission yeah exactly yeah oh oh that gives me like rise like terminator rise of the it doesn't have scare anyone. No, not really. I mean, that's how that's how computers work, and that's how like we have the internet now. Like, you have servers that are running somewhere. Like, nobody's like monitoring them. Like, it's what we have as computers at the moment. So, like, that's how it works. So, it doesn't scare me. <laughs> so, you okay. have to answer your question. It doesn't scare me. Okay, okay, we're gonna we're gonna push past this because I feel like I am a. You know, I'm a skeptic when it comes to anything that has to do with computers. I don't trust them. I just don't. <laughs> I don't want them to take over my life. I don't. I, I really, really I mean, don't. So far, it's like if you if you if you're Nigerian, if you're Nigerian and you live in Nigeria, for instance, I trust the computers more than I trust the government. Maybe corrupt this Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's that goes without saying. <laughs> but I don't trust them more than I trust my mom. You know. So, <laughs> I mean, fair, fair. Maybe just yeah, just more than like the, I trust computers. My money, more than I trust you know. Yeah, the, yeah. Money. I would say that. I mean, I don't know if we're allowed to say that, but like, I yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, I won't cut yeah, it out. Just, it's freedom yeah. of speech. I won't cut it out. <laughs> no, you should. You should. I don't want them to carry me. <laughs> no one's going to carry me. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, we're not that popular yet. Maybe later, then I'll probably like send you a message. Be like, wrong girl. <laughs> But but um, so the next question I wanted to ask is, you know, your explanation about how it works and, you know, how independent of a sovereign government this whole cryptocurrency mm-hmm. system is. Do you feel like that is the reason why um, the trading of this currency is still growing despite the CBM ban in Nigeria? Um, it's growing for multiple reasons. Um, okay. and okay, I'll try to take it like one at a time. The first one is there are people who are basically like professional crypto traders, people who just like you have like forex traders that ensure that if you want to buy um USD or you want to buy GBP, you have it, you have people that you can buy from, you have people that you can sell to. That's mm. the same way you have and like from the arbitrage they make they sort of make profits and things like that that's the same way you have people who are like essentially like professional crypto traders who make sure that like the markets can work um so that's one thing so it's setting people's jobs to keep trading crypto so yes. like people will just keep trading crypto and it's like fairly profitable yeah so people keep trading crypto um another thing is there are use cases particularly like somewhere like nigeria um i'm always saying that like cryptocurrencies are like very useful especially for like finance in places like africa people who don't i mean people who don't want to be at the mercy of their government sort of yeah crypto is like a very useful tool for that um one way is for instance with remittance um people there's you will not believe like the volume of um trade that happens using stable coins so stable coins are cryptocurrencies that are pegged to the value of another asset um and the most popular ones are usd backed stable coins like usdc usdt um and there's a lot of commerce like people are sending money to china to the us to facilitate their businesses their legit businesses using these stable coins um and how it will work is there's some maybe a supplier in china is like oh you want to pay me for goods instead of having to source um um like whatever currency instead of having to go through um, a bank and maybe it will take days like they're just like you know what send me the usdc equivalent of the invoice or whatever um i will receive the money if you use like a network like tron there's a network called tron if you use tron i'll get the money in a few minutes you will pay like negligible fees and like business has moved on. Like that's just, I've got my money. There are people who are using it to like send money to family and friends in Nigeria. Um, yeah, there are people who are using it to receive salaries. Um, I mean, there are people who work in Nigeria who are like freelancers and they get paid in a stable coin like USDC. It's like, you don't have to bother with like a dumb account and like restrictions and maybe the governments can close your account or things like that. Um, yeah, and then there's also the general sense of people wanting sovereignty over their money. People wanting control over their money. If I want to spend um, on something on Amazon, I shouldn't be boggled down with like a $200 um, monthly limit, right? Mm-hmm. I can just use crypto to pay. And yeah, it's like my money, like this money that I worked for that I own, I should just be able to use it and things like that. But yeah, those are like some of the reasons why 
um, crypto continues to be popular. And of course, I mean, there's like a craze now where people will put their money in like some token and it will go up to the moon and, you know, and people mm-hmm. are hoping for more, <laughs> more of things that, like that. That moon doesn't crash down <laughs> yeah. to their planets like it did. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just, you know, fingers crossed that it's not going to crash down. <laughs> but yeah, there's like money to be made because of like how, you know, everybody's just rushing to the market and things like that. So uh, yeah, uh-huh. there's also like people who are interested for that reason. Okay, so now I'm glad you mentioned businesses because this is kind of a question that I wanted to ask later on, but because you've brought it on now, do you not feel, and just, you know, just tell me your opinion, right? Sure. In terms of tax, in terms of VAT, like let's say now there's a person who, like a freelancer, like you, you, um, mm-hmm. you used in your example, let me use your freelancer example. This yeah. person wants people to be paid using cryptocurrency right because obviously it's not fiat and because cryptocurrency is technically not money under the act so it's not necessarily like consideration under the law there Mm -hmm. is no vat so do you not feel like it's kind of like opening up the door for people who want to evade taxes because i don't want to use the word tax evasion yeah (laughs) <laughs> but it, it smells very tax evasion-y. Yeah, it's giving tax evasion. Giving <laughs> tax um, evasion. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely, like, it makes it a lot easier to right. evade taxes if the money isn't sort of going through a system that's... If it's not going through, like, a bank or it's not going um through fiat. Um, what I'm aware of, at least with... um businesses for instance is like they have to report on like all of these streams right Right. for the most part i think that's like my general sense that with businesses they have to report on these trades or like um this money movements still even though it's in crypto because that's how like i mean you show whatever businesses that you've done over the last x years and so with businesses it's I, i think it might be a lot more difficult to evade because you still have to like report on these business activities right and with freelancers i i agree that it does get like murky there and what i think genuinely is i think that's an opportunity rather than a oh because people can evade taxes or oh, let's clamp down rather than doing that what what i think that the government and like governments who are becoming more receptive to crypto would do is create a framework for people who are freelancers right to um remit taxes easily right um people like people even before crypto like people who would receive salaries through dumb accounts people who, who are freelancers that receive salaries through dumb accounts they also didn't like they could just also evade taxes so it's not a nigerian um, business that's paying you if it's not like a business that's already registered that's paying you if it's somebody in the us or in the uk that's paying you it's easy to evade taxes even though even if you're using a dumb account or yeah. some other like money re- money transmitter right yeah so i think the you can like basically just if like freelancers can evade taxes like easily in that sense but i think it's on the governments to sort of figure out a framework because there are a lot of young people who are working hard and who are able to like um like basically attract for for an exchange like even if it's one thousand dollars a month or whatever mm-hmm. um it's i think it's on the governments to figure out like a framework to make it really easy for people like that to do the right thing right okay and i mean to be fair you cannot I feel like you can't blame people for wanting to protect the value of their work. Of their money. Yeah, yeah, of their money. So if you see it from a purely, you know, protection standpoint, it does make sense. And if people are being honest and they are, they are reporting their business activities, I I mean, because you don't really report business activities in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Technically, you report on your income, you report on your revenue. And, you know, if you don't have like a receipt, or you know mm-hmm. someone you're not charging vat on top of what you're paying and then doing the conversion and putting it all in there and saying that you received the money in bitcoin but like if you were going to declare the naira equivalent it's this or this whatever it would be. yeah you know if people aren't doing that then yeah i guess but if, as long as the person is being compliant in that way then i'm sure like it's not it shouldn't be an issue now um I wanted to also tap on your opinion on e-Naira because I know that there have been um, some reports. So I read that in December, the CBN stated that the e-Naira had recorded about 34,000 transactions um, worth about 188 million Naira in transaction value. 
Um, and I just wanted to know, like, what do you think about that performance? Do you feel like it's an inflated figure? Do you think it's true to form? Do you even know anyone that's using Enaira? Because I don't see it on any of these <laughs> platforms like Chet. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I think that like I'm also not, like I don't have any data to say whether or not it's true, but like it's it's sort of what you said where I don't know anybody that um uses the Inara app. In my case, like when it did come out, like I was interested in seeing like oh how it will work, what the advantages will be and things like that. And I think I tried to set the app up, but I got blocked on something and I never could get like unblocked and uh. so I freed it and it was the same sentiments I saw on social media people trying out the app and somehow getting um blocked or like people just not really seeing the points of it um I mean the numbers are possible like where the country is it's a very large country with yeah. a lot of people yeah. country um yeah but i i don't know like i don't see anything that points to me that there are people who use the app i i've not really seen i've not seen evidence of any transactions um with with the app or with even in a yeah, right yeah. okay so would you a bit based on the fact that you haven't seen anything you feel like you can't really predict you know its growth potential or even kind of answer the question of why people would use e-naira over bitcoin or ethereum yeah yeah i mean i can i think i can answer like why people would use e-naira or like a cbdc um right. in general right Okay. Um, I don't know about in our specific, but why people do the CBDC, right? And it would be, oh, number one, of course, like you have the volatility issue that we spoke about. And um, even though like stable coins solve it, I mean, that's like one angle with, um, oh, I want something that's stable. Um, okay. Another thing is, even though like pe- technologists and crypto people are very like, oh, we don't trust the governments, we want to take power into our hands. Most of, most people like trust their governments right maybe not trust like i believe that you'll take care of me but they trust the institution or right yeah if something is issued by the governments it must be legit they know the reason why basically yeah exactly the reason why you do nin is because it is from the government and even if you don't trust them you know that it might be linked to something else in the future that's linked to your identity as a nigerian so like governments already have that it's not i mean it's not a monopoly on trust anymore because people are figuring out like other trust models but governments have like a head start on trust right. i mean that's like a tricky <laughs> perspective but yeah governments have so if somebody is a crypto skeptic um and i mean there's this digital currency that governments claim works the same way that um cryptocurrencies would work in the sense that maybe they are borderless you can send them to wallets you can do like peer-to-peer transactions with them stuff like that people might be like willing to use um yeah people might be willing to use cbdc's in that sense but with the inner for me it was more like i didn't i think i didn't fundamentally understand how it was different from from money in my bank account right. especially because there's nobody in the u.s who is going to accept an error from yeah. me like Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the reasons why Bitcoin or USDC, like one of the reasons why they're so important to me and like I use them in my daily life is because I can pay for stuff. Like people around the world are willing to accept these currencies from me in a way that they're not willing to accept the Naira in my bank accounts from me. So like when I have the Naira, and in my opinion, it's not doing anything that's much different from what I have um, in my bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like there's a disconnect there for me. Okay. All right. So, um, Circling back to the idea of regulation while we're talking about the Inara, um, I read, right, and I, it's, it's not independently verified, but I think it was um, a circular from South Africa basically saying that they are setting up regulations or they already started regulating entities that provide services in relation to crypto assets. And in their words, this was to promote reasonable innovation and prevent unregulated parallel systems. So, I mean, the idea obviously is give them rules and regulations under which they must act and perform and um, engage with the public. And so you know, people are not necessarily banned from using crypto, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, there's rules of engagement, obviously, to protect the public and things like that. So my question is, do you think that that would have been a better tactic for the Nigerian government? Uh, or do you feel like because, you know, people can still use cryptocurrency with or without there being a ban, that it wouldn't have really mattered mm-hmm. whether they regulated 
or, or banned or did anything to kind of put take control of this crypto situation yeah um yeah i definitely think by miles it would have been a much better strategy and it is a much better strategy like to it's not technology that especially the money aspect of it is not technology that's going to go away mm-hmm. um especially like it's not just going to go away like that and so i think that it's in the best interest of governments that have like um populations that are actively um, using cryptocurrencies to figure out how to engage with that and um even though okay so there are two sides like using crypto there's the truly self-sovereign bit of it where right. you can like the government truly cannot do anything about it if i'm sending you bitcoin with like a non-custodial like with a non-custodial wallet that's what it's called um that i own mm-hmm. like i just send it to you over the network and nobody no government can track it or stop it or anything like that however when where it begins to sort of affect government in quotes is me using that to interface with their own currency and how people typically do that is through cryptocurrency exchanges um like bitcoins where um that's like a product of helicarrier for instance or like coinbase um and i think that those are the points at which governments can actually do like a lot of enforcement that's where you can say we're going to do K- like make sure you kyc your users as much as possible when somebody has traded crypto or whatever and they are trying to bring it into our um currency into our financial system we want like a paper trail we want to we want to know who they are what they are trading stuff like that mm-hmm. i think that working with cryptocurrency exchanges in that way truly like supports um it does the uh, like it, it keeps people safe because people are going to trade crypto anyway as we've seen even like with the ban i think what you can do is figure out like what frameworks can we use to keep people safe in the parts that we can so with exchanges that are going to make sure that you can pay out your bitcoins in naira what yeah. are the like what are the things that we can put in place to make sure that it's not fraud money that's being sent out um people like the people who are doing it are legit stuff like that um because what ends up happening is when you don't do that people now do like people start to like do underhanded trades and you have people who are cheating people because there's no real structure around um how that would work um yeah yeah so i definitely think that it's like having like an innovation first how can we engage with technology and like what are the things that are actually within our power right um it's like right. a much better approach than a blanket oh no we don't even want to like engage with it because people are engaging right you just i mean you have to just meet them there and like figure it out so what do you think was the thing that led the decision to ban do you think it was fear or lack of understanding Um I don't think it was a lack of understanding. I think it was fear and also um there's a lot of I mean there's like a lot of parallels as happening with like the crypto markets and the Nigerian exchange rate and USD. People like people use the crypto markets and like stable coins as a way to source like some of these like currencies that are high in demand that you might not be able to from like banks and things like that. So there was like a whole thing there that I think the government was trying to clamp down on one. And then so definitely like there's like the fair angle of people are doing this thing that's outside like government doesn't have oversight on. And the, I guess like the Nigerian way to engage with this is you know what just Turn it, off, turn it off yeah, turn it off yeah how can we work together and it's interesting like i think it was like in the previous question you asked crypto companies are possibly like some of the most kyc compliant especially like ones that are feeling like oh our governments will come soon that like, some yeah. of the most kyc compliant companies ever like for instance our bitcoins even before the cbn came knocking at all we would to sign up it was basically like you're opening a bank account you would send in id you would do bvn verification mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if we're not yeah we'll like send um test, check your phone number that's correct if we are not 100% certain that you are who you are we will someone from our support team will reach out to you and have you send i like valid id your passport all of these things are things that crypto companies do sort of like proactively um, and i think that like there there's just like a lot of opportunities for the governments to come and be like okay like these are the things that we want you to be doing like we want to make sure that like the money is clean or whatever and i think that like like that would definitely work okay all right so um i'm going to move forward to your publication so you did mention that you've written a couple of articles because you felt like okay you didn't really understand some things and when you did understand them you decided to kind of start 
to share that knowledge with other people. And, you know, we saw that you've written a couple of articles about decentralized finance, crypto wallets, NFTs. And I wanted to know, based on what you now understand about these things, these products, these concepts, do you believe that more small businesses, so, you know, people that are thinking of starting at this point, obviously with all of the knowledge and the information that they Mm -hmm. have access to, do you feel like that is something that they should start out of the gate, um, understanding and incorporating into their business model? Or is that Um, something that, you know, they should hold off on and seek independent advice from people like you or people that have been working in the space and maybe only get into when they're more comfortable? I definitely think it's the latter. So there are some like simpler touch points. So it's like, I think it's split in two ways, right? And, you know, I had mentioned earlier, like a concept of custodial and non-custodial things. So everything that's crypto and is custodial is you have a company that's sort of managing it on your behalf. Like Bycoins is a custodial product, for instance. And then you have non-custodial, which is like, it's self-custodied. And that's like where crypto requires maybe a little bit more rigor like more understanding and so i think that if businesses are trying to like engage with crypto in whether it's like through nfts or like i mean accepting payments or whatever it is i think that a good first step if you don't really know anything about crypto is first a custodial product that um you're comfortable with something like bitcoins or like bondo these these are like nigerian companies or bush out products um that lets you some of them for instance there's a product called um laser pay i think they let you accept crypto um and i think maybe start in crypto and do other things with send cash for instance you can accept crypto from people and just get it in your bank accounts right you don't really have to interface so i think those are like the first layers that businesses should explore so maybe don't jump straight into it's like think about it as if you're jumping straight into like trying to cost studies of yourself um it can be tricky you might lose your money maybe because you you actually like you're the one that's controlling your money so if you do something that causes you to lose money like you've lost money and nobody can regain it for you so a good first step is there are all of these tools that people are creating to make it easier for people to like interface people who are like fiat um like more comfortable with fiat to interface with crypto easily and right. i think starting from there and then building up as like your appetite grows or as like your knowledge grows and you start finding bits and pieces that fit into your business um, that you think that crypto can help with. Okay. I mean, that that's a great answer. I feel like I was actually quite interested. To, I was interested to understand because at Eversage, we're a small business technically. I mean, we are a law firm, but we're a small business and we do a lot of invoicing to our clients and, you know, it, it, a lot of, things that we need some of our resources are non like it's not um, invoiced in naira they have all of these international invoices that we have to pay and it you know it's a headache to source for dollar or euro or any of those things to you know, get get things going and for people that do understand the people that have more knowledge and have kind of been working in the space for a bit longer i mean they've been introduced to it well before a lot of us um why do you think there's still so many people like this that are willing to engage in this trade especially when there's no explicit recourse in law when i say recourse in law i mean if someone kind of steals all your crypto or if someone i don't know Mm -hmm. um you buy something for them using crypto and they don't deliver there's no specific there's no performance of like whatever contract you guys went into you can't really go to a court or get them arrested because they they did that yeah because again it's not it was not for legal tender so if they suffer loss why do you think these people are still willing to kind of go for it in that sense why do they trust it so much to that extent yeah so i think like it's sort of what i mentioned earlier where number one there's use cases that people think crypto solves for them more than anything else like oh this solves a problem for me um maybe using crypto in this way solves a problem for me in a way that nothing else solves this problem for me so for those people they're like uh it's fine i I will i will i guess i take the risk or whatever um There's also, like, at the moment, because, I mean, new technology, it's like, just imagine at the beginning of the internet when everybody was um, creating, like, dust com- companies and, like, people were just, like, pumping money in. There's, like, a lot of that happening now where people are, like, pumping money into, like, the system. And so there's money to be made, like, quite frankly, when, at least, like, right. the market is looking up and stuff like that. And people, 
I like well, no risk, no reward. So people are like willing to take the risks. And I yeah, I think that's primarily those two things. Number one, there's like use cases that are you feel like, oh, this solves a problem for me that nothing else would solve for me. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's like money to be made, right? Okay. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. So finally, last question. If someone is keen on learning more about cryptocurrencies and crypto assets and things like that, what resources, what are your favorite resources that you would recommend? Um, okay, so first I'll, <laughs> I'll recommend my writing. Um, <laughs> um, you can check tejmade.xyz. Um, there's like a part of it that shows like all of the stuff I've written so far. Um, I try to write in like non-technical language as much as possible. So it, it should be like, a good resource um there's um so a16z is um an investments company in the u.s and they have like this they have canons so they've they've like put together resources like crypto resources on each topic so there's like a dao canon DAOs are decentralized autonomous organizations also yeah. like a concept in crypto there's a dao canon there's a canon for DeFi. there's a canon for nfts and it's not like so it's topics um or like contents from people all over the internet that's put together i think that's like a really good place to start actually because you can start from um somebody just explaining like you know very slightly and then you go deeper and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole as as they like to say but yeah i think those are like two good places to start i like linda shares articles that's linda xie i think like her writing sort of inspired me to start writing she writes also like very easy to understand um like just what's the point of x what's the point of nft so like what's the point of DAOs and stuff like that um yeah i think that, that those are like three good places to start all right so we'll plug them into the um, description of this episode so that people can free- freely um, go onto them and maybe you can send me the links and I can post them yeah. and people because I mean knowledge is power so I feel like everyone should have access to these resources as well so yeah, yeah so we've come to the end of the formal Yay. Q&A session <laughs> and thank you so much because I feel like I learned so much and it was so short and sweet but like I really did enjoy you know, understanding some of these things. I mean, I feel like there was nothing that was too crazily like, oh my God, I Mm -hmm. never knew that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I I feel like I know more. I feel like I'm more involved in this crypto space now, sort of, kind of. And I still haven't bought any, but it's I'm, I'm my <laughs> eyes are closely watching everybody doing yeah eyes are closely watching now now is, yeah. people are saying no I, I mean no fine I'm not financial advice but yeah now that everything is red <laughs> oh my god I'd love to see how it goes after this one but I'm sure yeah. it's probably going to I mean it could it could go lower it could just it could it could do no, a double okay. dip it double dips happen yeah. it happens in the economy that there's nothing that says that it's not gonna happen with it's not gonna happen know, exactly let's do a dip again because i went to go and check and i was like i still don't have the dollars for what yeah this uh, people are going to people are come going down, to hear come this down. And they're just going to scream yeah, people are going to hear this scream. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish. Like sharing their portfolios right now so when you say go down they're like no <laughs> hell no okay so there's a second segment of the podcast that we usually do it's called spin the wheel it's a fun little game that we like to engage in with our guests i have this cute little wheel you can't see it here because once again we're doing this via zoom but it's a cute wheel it's very very colorful and when i tap on it there are about seven question categories that we've come up with with a couple of questions underneath once the wheel it hits the thing kind of like you know those game shows Mm-hmm. you it selects a question for you and then we'll, we ask you a question out of those categories and it's, it's fun so don't take it too seriously okay okay <laughs> maverick you don't have to come and like you know spew technical terms it's just for fun um and we typically do it twice so if you don't like the first one we can spin again um if the first one is like really really horrible and you're like oh my god i know nothing about this and let's just skip it we'll just do another one uh-huh. yeah Okay. Are you game? Okay. Are you good? Let's yeah. Do it. Yeah. Let's, awesome. let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully you'll get to hear the spinning. So I'll just be quiet so the spinning can happen. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you got TV. Yeah, you heard it. Okay. You got TV yeah. and film. 
which is really good. It's mm. really fun. Which is so, not good. I'm horrible. I see me. Okay, okay, okay. So, what is the most impactful film you watched this year? I mean, okay, this year just started. So, last year, 2021. The most impactful. Yeah. Oh god, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to think. And I, okay, what movie? What, what movie, was I movie did you watch on Netflix that made you go, "Wow, I didn't waste my life watching that." I swear, I don't remember. You don't remember? Oh, I don't remember that. anything I watched. Like the only thing I remember is Love, Sex, and Goop, and that's not a movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't okay, remember so you, anything. So you watched that? I watched the Netflix. <laughs> no, no, why not? Why not? Why not using that? Love why not movie? using that? No, we don't <laughs> want to put that. Out there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. What did I watch? No. <sighs> this is crazy. Nothing. Nothing is coming. I think. You I think what's gonna just... happen. You know what's gonna happen. Finish. We're gonna we're gonna get off this podcast and it's going to hit you in the face. Yes, that's what because <laughs> I feel like I did. I feel like I did watch something that was impactful. Like I, I do you must have. You must have. Mine was Tiger King. I watched the second one. <laughs> <laughs> the moment that was this year was it this year i mean i watched i watched king richard i don't know if it was the most impactful it wasn't but i really liked well. it okay it was, yeah, it was a movie king richard it was um the story of serena williams and venus and oh, their dad yeah. and like growing up and stuff With like will that will smith yeah it was it was a really good movie yes exactly with will smith exactly it was it was a really good movie like i i liked the fact that like I, I liked the intentionality of their dad. It was very, it's very like odd that sometimes as human beings you can be like, I want to achieve X, and like you literally put the working and X happens. And I feel like that's what happened in his case. Like the intentionality and just from the start saying these girls are like going to be X and putting in the work, like mm. making everything. Yeah, like it's like being able to somebody I know says we can program this life, and that movie <laughs> feels like. I that. love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. I'm going to, and that's, the, that's the name of this podcast. <laughs> we're pro- we're programming this life, or we can program this life. I love we it. We can program this life. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so um, do you want to go again? Um, yeah, and I think I will just yeah. No, I I, I will do it without thinking. Okay. Oh, I, I, like a different question or same question? It will be a different one. So, okay. We got pop culture, Ooh. which is very different from TV hard. and film. I promise. Okay, so um, it's <laughs> okay. So um, have you gotten a chance to watch um, Big Brother Ninjas, Tacha's new reality TV show? Even clips? No. Clippets. No. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know she had one. Oh, she does. I, you know what? You know what? When you have free time. <laughs> If you have any spare time, I beg you to please just go watch clips of it. Wait, is it like of her life? Like she's yeah. sort of like the main character. Yeah, ah, no, no, it's I not have, a TV. Have, like, it's it's reality. Of... So it's like following her around. Yeah. It's like Paris Hilton, yeah. but like it's yeah, yeah, like him, not... like keeping up with Kardashians. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that that would be. Yeah, I should watch that. I should try it. Should like okay. Now this has just ended up being me answering it, but I. <laughs> I really feel like even if it's just to like watch like a couple of clips, you won't get it. If you like that sort of thing, you won't get it. I will, I will, I will, I will try it. I mean, I'm like in between. I like reality TV, but I mean, sometimes it's like it's so so much. But yeah, I, I will, I will watch it. You know what it does. <laughs> you know what it does for me because I really like Nigerian mannerisms. Like Nigerianisms, yeah. and I like the way mm-hmm. Nigerians like behave, and yeah. I feel like we're like probably the funniest people in the world. I agree. Me personally, agree. us us <laughs> and Filipinos, but us we're very very funny, and um, and um, I also like the idea of if you like anything that has to do with reality TV and how absurd it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and when you mix the absurdity of reality TV and just like Nigerian isn't and like mush it together, and mind you, everyone is being very, very serious. It's not a comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I just went through it. 
Everybody's taking their jobs very seriously here. <laughs> like, like Tasha, family, everyone is like really dead ass. Oh god, I shouldn't say ass. Everyone's very serious <laughs> about everything that's happening, and all I can do is giggle. I just I giggle throughout the whole. Like, I I giggle throughout an entire episode. I was watching with my mom, and she was like, "What is so funny here?" And I was like, "You can never understand how funny this is." <laughs> but yes, okay, yeah, so hilarious. Okay, so good. So um, that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I had such a good time. Thank you for having me. Yes. So um, is there anything you want to plug in apart from you said, like, do you have like an Instagram, socials that you want people to follow? Do you want to send coins? Send, is it send cash? Cash, send cash. Do you guys Um, have, yeah. yeah. Plug us in. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm Tejma Dinka on Twitter, so you can follow. You can like look at tejmadi.xyz for writing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to send money from outside Nigeria to Nigeria, or you're trying to send money from Nigeria to the US, you can use send cash. Um, if you're trying to figure out like crypto and you want to buy your first Bitcoin or your first 0.001 Ethereum or whatever, you should use buy coins. It's super easy, super okay. quick, and you'll love it. Yeah. Okay. I tried to use. Binance, and I have no idea what's happening there. Oh, yeah, Binance is not, they are not like maybe they're not like the best place for somebody who is just starting out because you just see charts and colors and everything so everywhere. Confused. Like an was... everything app, yeah, then everything app. So it's I don't even know how to fund my wallet. Expensive. That's like the first thing that they're supposed <laughs> to tell me. How do I put money inside? And I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just like left it to rot. But yeah, okay, so buy coins, everyone um and okay so that's that's great thank you so much for coming on once again and hopefully we can have you back if we have more crypto you can be our resident crypto analysis person no sure sure yay (laughs) thank you thank you you so much for having me so much yeah this was fun this podcast was brought to you by eversage law practice Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Weekly Nugget. And a very special thanks to our guest, Tejo Adeinka, for introducing us to some new and interesting concepts. As we round up Tech Month, we invite you to send us your questions to theweeklynuggetng at gmail.com. We may read your questions as part of the show. Until next time, strive for greatness and have an impactful week.